Hey moms, welcome to this episode of Homeschooling, Ways to Keep from Being Overwhelmed. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one for 31 years, uh, mom to eight, nana to six, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler. Um, That's available on Amazon, but I am so glad that you're here today and joining me because um, I think you're going to be really, really encouraged. And if you haven't checked out my website and podcasts, I encourage you to go do that at DorendaWilson.com. And if you subscribe, you're going to receive a free, beautiful little ebook called A Call for Moms to Trust the Lord and Not Fear. It's a very encouraging, short little ebook. You can also follow my podcast by subscribing to the Dorinda Wilson podcast on iTunes or Spotify or other major platforms. You'll only be able to see the most recent 100 episodes, and I'm almost at 200 episodes now. So um, if you want to access more or have the ability to search for specific topics, go to my website, DorindaWilson.com. They are all posted there. Now, I am super excited because um, I'm also now in the planning phases of launching my new book. It is called The Four-Hour School Day. And it's going to be released by Zondervan Publishers on June 29th of this year, so 2021. And I cannot wait to share it all with you or share it with you all. Lastly, uh, last announcement, I'll be in Peoria, Illinois, March 12th and 13th for the Apache Homeschool Conference. So if you live in that area, I would love to connect with you at the conference. I'll be doing six workshop sessions. I'm also going to be in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the beginning of May. I'm going to be back in Illinois the end of May um, or 1st of June, somewhere in there. I'll be in Virginia in June. Um, I'll be in North Carolina um, the end of May. So um, I would love to connect with any of you there if I could. So today we're going to be talking about homeschooling, simple ways to keep from being overwhelmed. Okay, so as you can imagine, having eight kids in 13 years may or may not have caused some serious overwhelm, right? Yeah, exactly. Homeschooling was no different. You know, it's one thing to raise the kids, a whole nother thing to to bring the homeschooling onto the scene. But I was determined, so uh, we moved forward Um, But I have learned so much over our 25 years of homeschooling. And so today I'm going to share with you a few of the practices that really seem to help keep the overwhelm to a minimum. Okay. So the first thing, um, again, not every one of these points may resonate with you. And there are probably more things that I didn't um, necessarily make it to, uh, to explaining in this podcast, and I may even think of them along the way. But these are kind of the main things that I feel like were very, very grounding for me all those years, things that I just went back to over and over and over again. The first thing was building margin in your day. Um, Why is that so important? Well, let's think about what happens when we don't, right? What happens when we do the opposite, which is to overschedule, try to get too much done in um, in a certain amount of time. And I am like 
this is my life story. This has been a constant battle for me, a constant um, struggle to build margin into my day. Even with the kids, um, seven of the kids graduated and one at home, and my my life is sort of in a new season of, of grandparenting and speaking and writing and all of that, I struggle with it off and on, not over scheduling. But what happens when we over schedule? And again, this happens to me even now without a bunch of kids at home, right? What happens is we end up reacting um, in situations instead of responding. We react to our circumstances, we react to the people around us. um, And it's just like a knee jerk response instead of or a knee-jerk reaction instead of a response. You know, the difference is is you can probably even um, picture the difference in your own mind where you have time to sort of like process what's happening and respond in a way that is appropriate, in a way that's patient, in a way that's um, thoughtful, you know? And what can end up happening um, when we overschedule is that there is nothing left for anything unexpected, right? Now, life is life, right? Unexpected things happen every single day. And the only way to plan for them, because we don't know what they are, what they're going to be, is to pad our day with extra time so that we're not over scheduling and overextending ourselves. Because Many times, um, other things come along that are actually really important for us to spend time on. You know, it could be a needy child in our own family or someone else's. Maybe at the end of a long day, um, your husband has had at work. When we have um, totally overextended ourselves and we do this every day, I mean, it's going to happen sometimes, but we're trying to keep that from happening because maybe at the end of a long work day, your husband really needs to talk or really needs time with, you know, really needs time with you or my husband needs time with me. We want to be able to be there for them, to be there for the important things and for um, keeping our priorities. And, you know, God is really clear Um, throughout his word that people and relationships are really important. Um, But unfortunately, when we overschedule, we end up with not the energy, the time, the resources to be able to keep those priorities and to keep those things important. You know, I did a post and I tried to look it up because it's, it's quite an old one. Um, and if I find it, I will put it in the podcast notes, but it had to do with, um, I think it was either in, it must have been in Leviticus, I think, where it was when God was giving um, certain directives to his people. And one of the directives that he gave was um, that they would not, when they um, planted a crop and it came time for harvest, they would not, he did not want them to harvest all the way to the edges of the field. He had a certain amount on the edge of each field that they were to leave unharvested. And it was there so that poor people and widows and people who were in need could come and gather food. So um, when I read through that one time, it just really struck me, and I ended up writing this post about it, that we sometimes do that as, as people and especially as moms. If we don't leave that margin at the end of our field, if we're just harvesting to the edges every single day, we are going to be a worn out mess and we're going to be easily overwhelmed. So keeping some margin in our days is really important to help keep us from being overwhelmed because you know what? We are actually stewards of our time. Um, you know, most of you know me and you know that um 
uh, everything that I do, the way I live my life is, is rooted in my faith. And um, I believe that God gives us time as a gift and it is our job to steward it well. In other words, the time is his. He gives it to me and I manage it and I steward it and I need to steward it well. I also have only a certain amount of energy every day, right? I need to steward that well. And we go in and out of seasons where we have less energy, like when we're pregnant um, or nursing a baby or up at night with sick kids. You know, every day is going to be a little bit different. And so we need to bear in mind that um, to stay sort of um, aware of what our energy level is um, so that we can steward our time well and not be harvesting all the way to the edges. Now, there are just going to be days that are going to be overwhelming. That is part of being a mom. It's part of life. But my um, heart for you today is to help maybe alleviate some of that so that there are less of those days, right? Because we can bring that stuff on ourselves. And so one of the ways that we can do that is to build margin into our day. So that's the first point. That's one of the first principles that I really tried to walk out. Um, now I want to talk about how we would do that. Okay, so I talked about the why. Why is it, why is it important? Um, but let's talk about the hows of building margin into our day. So I worked, I learned to work in blocks of time. So um, I kind of had a small block right before breakfast and then a bigger block after breakfast. And um, so what what happens, what, what worked for me, and it may not work for you, but this worked really well for me, was to have in mind a few things. Um, and again, building margin into that, that, that bit of time. So for instance, the time before breakfast, um, let's just say the chores that I've asked the kids to do and the few things that I'm trying to do, maybe I'm going to go gather laundry for, and get, get it going or whatever. Um, I pad in extra time. I think to myself, how much time do I think that would take? And then I pad in an extra 15 minutes because chances are there's going to be something that happens. You're maybe going to get a phone call or maybe um, one of the kids is super needy, something spills, the baby poops his pants and smears it all over the place. And you've got 10 to 15 minutes to deal with it so that um, it, it isn't as overwhelming. There's something about having that extra time that really, really helps. And for me, working in blocks of time um, allowed me flexibility um, for the order of things to change as needed for the kids. So I knew right before breakfast, the, we needed to get these four or five things done, okay? And, and we had a little bit of padding built in there time-wise. And so I knew that didn't really matter what order it happened in, it just needed to happen. So then we'd have breakfast, and then there would be a cleanup and a few little chores after that. So after breakfast, so the breakfast and, and a few more chores, and then our schoolwork, right? Um, that was the the other block of time. And so, you know, sometimes it, it went in different order, you know, one, from one day to the next because, you know, somebody had a specific need or this needed to happen first, you know. Uh, maybe the chore that we were going to do um, just needs to be done sooner for whatever reason, you know, like maybe uh, that the garbage can needs to get out to the road, you know. So um, anyway, all that to say, Working in blocks of time with margin um, helps us uh, be able to leave some flexibility for the order of things to change. Now, I'm going to just share with you really quickly. I tr The reason I even learned this was because I originally tried 
to plan in, I can't remember if it was 15-minute increments. I think it was 30-minute increments. And can, can I just say, that did not work. <laughs> it did not work for me. Um, I ended up being a slave to that schedule. Now, one thing I always try to remind moms, a schedule is great and a routine is really, really important, but it should be your servant, not your master. So in other words, it is a tool, right? It's not there for you to serve and become a slave to it. It is there for you to use for the good of your time, to steward your time well, and to um, steward you know, your kids' time well. So um, just Remember that when it comes to schedules and routines. Okay, so one is build margin into your day. We talked about why it's important, and um, just gave you a little, uh, just a, one of the one of the ways that I did that. So that a little bit of the how. The second thing. So as we're leaving margin in our day, it also forces us to simplify, right? Because if we have to pack in some extra time, we can't plan as much, okay? So we're gonna simplify automatically if we choose to start to build margin into our days. Now, why is it important to simplify? Well, there there can be lots of different reasons, but it does help us stay intentional because it makes us prioritize. So you've got building margin leads to simplifying, which leads to prioritizing, right? We want to live out our priorities. So we have to ask ourselves, what's really important during this block of time? What's really important during this block of time? So... Um, The other thing that simplifying does is it gives us time to process. I don't know about you, but I am not a fast processor. So in order to stay engaged with what's happening, I need to be able to do a certain amount of processing to keep up with everything that's happening. And maybe it's just me because I had eight kids and it it was a little more, you know, work trying to process everything and stay engaged with everybody. But simplifying does help us do that. If we have too much planned Again, we get overwhelmed really, really quickly. Um, there are I've done a few podcasts on some um, simplifying. Um, I'll mention a couple of them, and I will also leave them in the podcast notes. Um, there's freedom in simplicity. That is a podcast that I did with Karen um, Debuse, and also simplifying your homeschooling. This is something I just did a couple of weeks ago on a Facebook Live here, and then turned it into a podcast. So. Um, go check those out. Again, I'll put them in the podcast notes. So simplifying, very, very important. So we talked a little bit about the why. Let's talk about the how. So the way that I approached it was to have a basic plan. Okay, so this was like my bare bones plan. And I call that plan, plan A. I remember my my aunt said once, um, you know, plan B is as good, you know, plan B and C are as good as plan A, right? And I said, no, no, if they were, they would be plan A, right? But so that I wouldn't feel like I was constantly living in a plan that wasn't the best plan, I decided the best plan was a simple plan. So I would take the bare bones um, of what I felt like needed to happen every morning, and I would make that my priority. Okay. So we call that plan A and what it looked like in our family was like I mentioned before, we had chores, um, both a little few before breakfast and then right after breakfast. 
And um, part of that was because for me as a mom, I need a certain amount of order in my home or I can't think, okay? So you can decide for yourself what your priorities are. What is the most important thing to you? You know, maybe it's just certain things that you really like to have done before you, you know, move on to the next thing, you know, move into the homeschooling. Like, I didn't feel ready to move into our homeschooling until there was a certain amount of order in our home. Because, I, and how I knew that was when I would sit down to do the schoolwork with the kids, this stuff that was out here was driving me nuts. You know, if something was, a certain amount of things were out of order, it, it distracted me. It distracted me from doing, from being engaged and doing what was in front of me to do. So for me, that was very, very important. I need a certain amount of order. But again, you have to decide what's a priority for you. Maybe it's just the dishes done. Maybe it's just a few things picked up. Maybe you don't care. Maybe something else is important to you, but you get to decide that. That's the beauty of homeschooling is that you get to make those decisions. Um, And a lot of times it can change, right? It can be one thing for a while and then change to something else. And that's okay too, because there's an ebb and a flow. So we had the the chores, we had the breakfast and the rest of the chores, and then we had our basic schoolwork. And again, this was my basic plan, math, reading, writing, and copy work. Those were priorities. If some, especially in the elementary years and the very early years, I didn't feel like much beyond that was really that terribly necessary. And I explain why and more of the hows of what that looks like um, in my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler. So if you haven't checked that, it's a simple, mercifully short book. It's like 65 pages. You can read it in like an hour to an hour and a half. So talk about, you know, simplicity. Uh, That little book is a book of simplicity. So I would encourage you to check that out if you haven't. So um, that was kind of our basic skeleton plan. And often because I would pad a little margin in there and make sure those priorities were done, a lot of days there was extra time there that we were because we were so intentional and we were be, and we were focused and we were taking care of the priorities first we would often end up with some extra time to do other things maybe do that um you know those optional things over here that aren't on the bare bones list but what you'd love to do if you can get to it like maybe there's a certain read aloud you want to do. Um, you can even make it a carrot for your kids. It's a reward if they get things done um, in time. Then we're going to go ahead and and do this um, when we're done. You know, so these are all um, ways that we can simplify um, our homeschooling days so that we're not getting overwhelmed. Okay, so the third thing. And again, this is super important. And you guys know this. It's probably, I'm probably um, preaching to the choir because you probably already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't get distracted. Be self-disciplined. Homeschooling requires, I think that's probably the hardest thing about it is the amount of self-discipline that it takes. But can I just say, you are setting an example to your kids. You're teaching them priorities. You're teaching them, you're passing values on to them by being self-disciplined and showing them what is actually important because you're going to make that a priority. You're going to try to make sure that that happens every day and they're going to pick up on that because you are modeling it. They say more is caught than taught and it's very true. We can talk till we're blue in the face, but our actions speak louder than words. So don't get distracted. Be self-disciplined. So 
we all know that getting distracted causes overwhelm, right? Because we end up taking all these little bunny trails and our brains, uh, it's hard to get our brains to, at least it is mine, maybe I'm unusual, but <laughs> but it's really hard for me to get my head back into the game when I've allowed myself to be distracted. Um, so we can't let other things pull us away from the priorities that we have decided on, priorities that we've prayed about and asked for wisdom on, and we know that God wants us to move forward with. We need to be self-disciplined in continuing to walk those out. Um, Because what happens is uh, that getting distracted can easily keep us from the important things. We want to keep our priorities. And can I just say, especially in the mornings, I have found that I had to be, I'm not a morning person, but I had to be self-disciplined in the mornings to, you know, and I gave myself I knew I wasn't a morning person, so I didn't make myself like jump right in. You make adjustments for your personality, but overall, I did have to have a certain amount of self-discipline to get up and make sure that the mornings were as productive as possible because it seems like when you lose your mornings, you kind of lose the rest of the day. And so um, it's important to keep the priorities, like I said, especially in the mornings. Now, how do we do that? You guys already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Turn off the phone turn off the TV, turn off social media, turn off anything that leads you or your kids away from the priorities that you have for that time. Um, You know, back in the day before cell phones, we had answering machines and I would shut my ringer off and shut and, and have my answering machine someplace where I wouldn't hear it. And it was wonderful because, and we can do this with our phones, we can just set it on airplane mode and then um, and put it in another room so we're not tempted to pick it up and check anything and just fully engage with what's right in front of us. Like I said, especially in the mornings, I'm telling you, that discipline right there will save you a lot of overwhelm, okay? So be engaged and committed to your basic plan, okay? The problem is, again, if we go back to the beginning where I talked about overscheduling, if you overschedule um, that morning, you're still gonna get overwhelmed. So we wanna make sure that we're packing, we're padding in margin, we're simplifying, again, not getting distracted. Um, And the fourth thing, do not compare yourself to other people when we start, and, and this happens a lot on social media and that kind of stuff, we really have to discipline ourselves to not allow ourselves to compare to other people. The Bible talks about it, that it's not wise for us to compare ourselves to each other because we're unique. Our families are unique. Our circumstances are unique. Our children are unique. And God has called us to these specific children, right? He matched us up with them. He's very, very intentional. Um, but comparing literally, almost inevitably causes overwhelm because it makes us, first of all, preoccupied. We're thinking about what other people are doing or what we think other people are doing, right? What I have found is that I often imagine that other people are doing a whole lot more than they're actually doing. So remember that, okay? None of us are superhuman. None of us are Wonder Woman. None of us are super moms, right? That is the absolute truth. So 
combat those lies with the truth. Um, but when we're comparing, we're it also makes us insecure, right? Because, um, and then we become reactive, right? We, we react out of fear that we're not doing enough, okay? None of that accomplishes anything good. None of that leads down. It never ends well, okay? So just tell yourself that. When you start to compare yourself to others, just stop. Stop yourself in your tracks, Okay, so how do we do that, right? You're like, that sounds great, but how do we do that? Um, Determined to stay focused on what God has put in front of you, okay? These children that he's given you, they are his gift to you, and you are a gift to them, right? I know it doesn't feel like that sometimes, but that is the truth. The enemy would love for us to believe that somehow, you know, somehow get us to be discontent, you know, either that we're not doing enough or, you know, you know, this, this child is, you know, giving me grief and um, I can't homeschool them well. And, you know, when the bottom line is maybe, uh, maybe it's a character issue. Maybe it's something you need to um, pay attention to, you know, maybe that's a red flag. So my point is everything, every interaction with our kids um, is meaningful, right? It is, you know, it is, um, we're building relationship, we're building character. And so we need to stay focused on what God has put in front of us. I used to picture it like this, okay? Imagine you're a garden in your backyard or just your backyard, right? It's your backyard. If you spend all your time looking over the fence at your neighbor's backyard or garden and not tending your own, you're wasting time. Because if we look over there and we're like, oh, look at that garden. It's so beautiful. It's so perfect. Can I just say, if you get a little closer, you will find the weeds guaranteed from over there on the other side of the fence. You can't see them, right? But they're there, okay? And But the point is, that isn't even your concern. The concern that you have is your own backyard. So keep yourself within those boundaries. I don't know about you, but there was plenty in my own backyard that I needed to continually pay attention to and focus on. So tend your own backyard or tend your own garden. I have a podcast, um, actually a few podcasts on that relate to this, um, Ditching the Comparison Trap. And I will put these in the podcast notes. Your kids don't want Wonder Woman. They want you. Satisfaction in the life you have, talking about contentment, and are you being led or driven as moms? And so I'm going to share those in the podcast notes. So we want to pay attention to what God has put in front of us to do. You will never regret investing and paying attention to and being focused on what God has put right in front of you. Um, one other thing that wasn't on my notes that I do want to share when it comes to homeschooling and not getting overwhelmed, here's one really good point. If you have more than one child, um, try to include uh, all of your children in as much of your homeschooling as you can. So, um, for instance, let's just say uh, we're going to do a read aloud and we're going to do a read aloud with the, you know, technically the nine and the seven year old, um, but we've got a four year old and a two year old and maybe even a baby, okay? So we're just gonna sit and we're gonna start out, you know, baby on the lap maybe or on someone else's lap and we're gonna start reading 
out loud. And, you know, little ones are only going to sit for so long. So you might give them a little something to play with that they don't normally get to play with during reading time or something to write or color. And so you're reading aloud to everybody at the same time and you're including them so the two-year-old isn't over there wrecking another room while you're trying to read aloud to your nine and seven-year-old. So um, the other thing you can do is streamline your subjects, you know. So let's just say you got older kids and you do want to do some history with them. Um, Let your read aloud be history. So combine subjects. That's another way to keep from getting overwhelmed. Combine the subjects. Um, I remember uh, my kids would do maybe do history. Maybe their reading that day would be their history lesson. And then they would write a summary or what's called a written narration. Maybe that's a, a better term that you're more familiar with. But then what I just did there was a whole bunch of language arts and they're reading all at once with very simple um you know, history. So it was history, it was reading, it was writing, um, all in one fell swoop. And then I can look over their summary or their written narration and go over it for uh, grammar mistakes or capitalization or, um, you know, punctuation, that kind of thing. You have pretty much covered the gamut when you've done that. So that's another way to simplify and to um, keep yourself from getting overwhelmed. So those were just a few things um, that I thought of that I thought might be helpful to sort of basic principles that I have gone uh, back to over and over and over again that have really helped ground us over all these years of homeschooling. So I hope you were encouraged today. And um, if any of these points resonate with you, um, I encourage you to listen to the related podcast that I've mentioned, and I will put links in the podcast notes as well to make it easy cheesy for you. Also, be sure to check out my website, DorindaWilson.com, and The Unhurried Homeschooler on Amazon. And finally, if what I shared today resonated with you, please share this video with a friend or two or three. Um, because this, this video will post as soon as um, we're finished here, as soon as I've wrapped it up, and it's also going to be posted as a podcast on my website soon. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'm going to close out uh, this podcast. Give me just a minute here. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm back. I'm back for questions. (laughs) All right, let's see what we've got here. Hey, Mandy's here from Michigan. Oh, Quinn's here from Michigan, too. And Holly's here. I don't see any questions. So, you know, if you if you thought of one, feel free to pop it in there. Otherwise, I will just uh, move on to um, wrapping things up here. So we'll give it just a minute. I hope you all were encouraged. I appreciate you being here. Next, next week, I'm going to share um, a, a little... Uh, I guess it was a podcast. It was a it was a little. I think it was a Facebook Live or something like that um, that I did for the Apache uh, Homeschool Conference, talking about unhurried homeschooling and uh, some of the basics of that. And so I'll be probably sharing that next week, right here on the author page. So if any of you are going to be in uh, 
Sioux City, Iowa, or uh, let's see, Richmond, Virginia conference. I'm also going to be here in North Carolina. And where else? Where else did I say? Oh, I'm going to be doing two in Illinois. I'm also going to be doing a one-day women's event in Jonesboro, Tennessee. I'm going to be talking about finding hope in 2021. So um, if you guys don't have any questions, I will go ahead and close things out. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you'll join me again. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.